Have you ever been in a time of great sorrow and difficulty, and your pain was all that you could focus on? It's not easy to look beyond the circumstances that bring us great sorrow. Today on this wisdom journey, we come to the book of Lamentations. Jeremiah reminds us here in the first half of this book that the key to enduring times of grief is to look to the enduring hope we have in a faithful God. This lesson is called An Invitation to Come Home. Some well-known lines from the book of Ecclesiastes say this, There's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 4. For Jeremiah, the inspired author of the book of Lamentations, it's now time to weep and to mourn. He's writing to the survivors of the fall of Jerusalem around 586 BC, and this little book of Lamentations gives a voice to the devastating pain they are all now feeling. It's also going to remind them that even in the darkest days, There is a glimmer of hope. There is an invitation from the Lord to come home. Now, the book of Lamentations appears to be a collection of poems written by Jeremiah, and and each of these five chapters happens to be a a separate poem. The first four poems are uh, designed as an acrostic. Each verse or group of verses begins with a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So evidently, Jeremiah wasn't just a courageous prophet, but he was also a very capable poet. Now, the poem here in chapter 1 focuses on the suffering of the people living in Jerusalem when it falls to the Babylonian army. Jeremiah writes about their anguish here in verse 1. Like a widow has she, that is Jerusalem, become. He goes on in verse 5, her foes have become the head, her enemies prosper, because the Lord has afflicted her for the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone away, captives before the foe. Now, verse 7 indicates what makes the hardship even worse, and and that's the memory of, of all the precious things that were hers from the days of old. Verse 10 adds, The enemy has stretched out his hands over all her precious things, for she has seen the nations enter her sanctuary. In other words, they've lost their glorious temple. They've lost their beautiful city of Jerusalem. And by the way, the people recognize this loss is absolutely justified. In fact, the the city is pictured here as speaking in verse 18. The Lord is in the right, for I have rebelled against his word. Well, Jerusalem isn't excusing her sins of idolatry, but she's also pleading with God to bring judgment upon her enemies. Uh, Jerusalem, as it were, speaks here in verse 21 and says, All my enemies have heard of my trouble. They are glad that you have done it. Now, let them be as I am. So, this first poem in chapter 1, is all about this dreadful anguish that is being felt throughout the land. 
Now, the second chapter of Lamentations, the second poem, is going to reemphasize divine judgment. The first nine verses of this poem highlight the just anger of God at his disobedient people. And remember, beloved, their covenant with God promised terrible consequences if and when they rebelled against the Lord. So we read now here in verse 1, how the Lord in his anger has set the daughter of Zion under a cloud. Verse 4 says, he has poured out his fury like fire. Verse 7 says, the Lord has scorned his altar, disowned his sanctuary. He has delivered into the hand of the enemy the walls of her palaces. Listen, every aspect of Judah's life has now fallen under the judgment of God. And get this, even though the nation is getting exactly what God prophesied they would receive, Jeremiah He's not whistling a happy tune here as he writes these poems. He's weeping. He's weeping. You see, these are the lamentations of Jeremiah. Jeremiah even laments over the false prophets who refuse to tell the truth. Here in verse 14, he says, Your prophets have seen for you false and deceptive visions. They have not exposed your iniquity to restore your fortunes. Then verse 17 notes, the Lord has done what he purposed. He has carried out his word, which he commanded long ago. Well, what are they supposed to do about it? Well, first of all, verse 19 says, pour out your heart like water before the presence of the Lord. In other words, get a box of tissues, get your Bible, and go have a good cry before the Lord because of your sin. And now with that, chapter 3 delivers up a poem which is a declaration of hope. This chapter has been called by scholars the heart and soul of the Book of Lamentations. All the other chapters are 22 verses long, and they follow this acrostic pattern where each verse starts with the next letter in the Hebrew alphabet. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. But this chapter is is a little different. Three verses are built around each letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So chapter 3 ends up with 66 verses. It makes this chapter three times longer than any other chapter in this brief book. Now, you might, you might forget everything I just said about how many letters there are in the Hebrew alphabet and the acrostic pattern of these poems, and frankly, that's okay. But, but here's what I don't want you to forget. The longest chapter now in this book is a poem offering these sinners, these people of Judah, and and people like you and me, hope. Here in chapter 3, again and again, we read that the, the Lord is the one holding the rod of discipline, as it were. And Jeremiah is speaking for Judah as a whole, and he he gives this long list of afflictions God has brought upon them. In fact, he, he doesn't hold back. He writes here, I am under the rod of his wrath, verse 1. God has made my flesh waste away, verse 4. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape, verse 7. He has filled me with bitterness, verse 15. My soul is deprived of peace, verse 17. And you might be thinking, this doesn't sound very hopeful to me. Well, let me tell you, hope begins to stir in your heart when you realize that God is in control of, of his judgment against your sin, when you understand that the, the rod of discipline is held in the hand of God, there's hope in that. Now, there's a sudden shift here in verse 21, and Jeremiah says, 
but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. What's he going to call to mind? Verse 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Well, these are wonderful verses of hope, aren't they? Hope is available, by the way, beloved, because God is available. God is faithful to his promises. In fact, that's why he judged his people. He kept his word. They defied him. They abandoned him. But the good news here, the hopeful news, is that God has not abandoned them. In fact, Jeremiah writes here in verse 31, For the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he causes grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. Okay, well, what are we going to do about it? Well, Jeremiah tells us what our next step should be here in verse 40. Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Okay, let's examine ourselves to see where and how and why we went astray. And and then let's return to him in repentance. Let's confess our sin to him. Let's ask for his gracious forgiveness. This isn't just for Judah. This is for you and me. And maybe today, beloved, you're feeling the weight of God's discipline. Maybe in some area of your life, you've walked away from his word. Maybe you're living a disobedient life in some area. Even though you're a believer in Christ, maybe you haven't been living like it. Well, you ought to thank God he doesn't ignore your rebellion. We ought to thank God that he steps in to correct us, to restore us, to bring us back into fellowship with him. It is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. See, the weight that you might be feeling today, that lost sense of peace in your soul, well, let me tell you, that's an invitation to come back into fellowship with God. Jeremiah's poem is inviting the people of Judah and you and me to spiritually come back home. God's invitation here uh, reminds me of, of how a great old hymn of the faith expressed it this way. Why should we tarry when Jesus is pleading, pleading for you and for me? Why should we linger and heed not his mercies, mercies for you and for me? Come home, come home. You who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, oh, sinner, come home. Well, until our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey in a lesson called An Invitation to Come Home as he continues his wisdom journey through God's Word. We'll spend one more lesson in Lamentations, and that will be next time. It's always an encouragement to us when we hear from listeners who are blessed by this ministry. A short time ago, we received an email from Wendy, and she said this, Hi, 
I live in New Zealand, and I've just discovered your wonderful program. I've been a Bible believer for over 30 years, and I still wonder every day how much more there is for me to learn. I've been listening to the lessons from Proverbs, and I love them. Thank you, and God bless you. Friend, our vision for this ministry is to equip believers and make disciples of the nations. If God is using these lessons to equip you and grow your faith, we'd love to hear about it. You can write to us at info at wisdomonline.org. Once again, that's info at wisdomonline.org. Our mailing address is Wisdom International, P.O. Box 37297, Raleigh, North Carolina, 27627. I hope we hear from you, and I hope you'll join us back here next time as we continue along the wisdom journey.